welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. Uh, somewhere at this point, I am told, or actually we did a little study on this, but we're, we're approaching the 800 show mark. There, there, there's something of a, uh, of a, uh, of a statement. But in any event, where you find the shows, what's where you found uh, all of the shows before number eight hundred and after eight hundred? Uh, it's at www.centerlefttalkradio. One word centerlefttalkradio.com when you get there when you go there you'll be on the home page of our website you can choose either of the two links there on the first page on the home page the first one takes you to our uh, our podcast feed you may be listening to this show on that or you may have uh, linked on to our radio loop the second uh, link, and that one gives you the feeling. It, it takes you back. It allows you to feel kind of analog-ish. It uh, essentially uh, is uh, hitting a link that opens the show wherever it happens to be in the loop that it's being played in on a separate computer here in the studio, and uh, you pick it up from there. And listen in. Either way, either as a podcast or a radio loop, we're glad to have you. Welcome. It is the 20th of January, a ridiculously mild January thus far. Uh, we have been above normal almost all days, temperature-wise. Uh, I can think of what... what I, I think there was maybe... Uh, could there have been two inches of snow... Sometime in in December, I guess, around Christmas, we had uh, a cold snap during Christmas week, as I recall, and it got pretty cold. It was it was below freezing for a while there. Uh, I recall walking into the uh, the Rockefeller Preserve and seeing the Pacantico River, which, which runs through it in various different locations, all 450 acres of the preserve, um, and there was ice on the banks of the Pacantico. But we never really had anything of consequence on the Hudson River. That's, that's sort of a emblematic of a, of a cold winter around here in the Mid-Hudson. Looking out on the river, and we're right over it here, you know, and uh, during, the, uh, during the winter months, we're looking down a hill with no leaves on trees, and you can see the Hudson perfectly, uh, but nothing, not, not the slightest sign of ice, not, none of those usual uh, sort of icebergs, as it were, big floats of ice coming down from upstate New York, moving back and forth with the tides that govern the Hudson River, sort of remarkably the way that river works uh, here uh, in this area. But no, nothing, nothing like that, nothing to suggest it. None of the daredevils that would walk out on the ice. Uh, I've seen people actually crazy enough to walk across the Hudson River uh, by foot, on foot, uh, in the coldest winters that I've seen up here. But nothing of the sort. It is truly... Um, I, I, again, taken as a one-off situation or a one-off winter, you can 
I imagine, put all sorts of explanations on this, but, but getting up there and taking a, a slightly broader view, uh, it would be impossible not to recognize that this is certainly within the realm of uh, global warming and climate change. This, this just doesn't happen around here. It is uh, a very rare event uh, to have had, well, in New York City anyway, they've had no measurable snow up here, two inches, and that was basically dusted off a car uh, one morning. That's how I kind of measured it. There was never, uh, Never a, uh, a question of making, making it up the hill without skidding where we are right now. That's all been non-existent. Uh, the salt uh, that normally gets spread, that has, and you hear, the, you hear the, the truck going by early in the morning in the dark with the chains running on the back of the truck and, and the salt spreader, and maybe the plow is down, plowing the snow up, all of that waking you out of a dead sleep to make sure everybody who's going to be an early riser and lever can get their cars up and down our hill. Nope, none of that. It's just not necessary this year. I, I would have loved to have uh, found a way to analogize the odd weather uh, to the status of the current Republican-controlled Congress, but uh, that even defies the anomaly that is this winter here in the New York uh, and, uh, and Lower Hudson River Valley area. Uh, of course, uh, uh, George Santos somehow manages to not only remain in Congress, uh, we, we found out, I think we found out yesterday, something to the effect that he had declared that his mother died in One World Trade Center on 9-11. Uh, she wasn't even in the country, it winds up. Uh, he's taken $3,000 uh, that was raised for a uh, the dog of a veteran and the dog had cancer and it was some kind of a charity that Santos had started and never gave the money to the veteran. The dog died, might have died one way or the other, I don't know, that's coming out. Uh, there seems to be nothing, I, I wouldn't, again, if, if this guy were to walk out in broad sunlight, you would get the sense that he might evaporate. But within the context of the current uh, Republican-controlled Congress, uh, he's just fine because he's a vote. He got Kevin McCarthy the speakership that was the dream of a lifetime for him, and he basically got whatever, however many pounds of flesh McCarthy had to give out, uh, and including uh, seats on two not terribly significant committees, but seats on committees. He has a presence. He, he, he has something to do additional fundraising off of. He can become public. He is within the realm of the Congress, even if I gather no one really wants to talk to the guy. And McCarthy, of course, is facing questions and should on a daily basis, as are other Republicans. And so what the hell is this guy doing here? Uh, it, it's a strange thing to realize that the reason the Congress is in Republican hands is because of the performance 
of uh, the Democratic, uh, I, I, I'm going to say that whoever heads up the Democratic Party in, uh, in uh, Long Island, New York, uh, just basically was out to lunch, missed the boat, didn't do anything, could not control the changes that took place. And so the three or four seats that were picked up by Republicans uh, in New York, New York, yeah, New York, wound up is, are the difference in, uh, well, I mean, it could have been one from New York, one from someplace else, but if collectively New York had not flipped in Long Island, we would still be looking at a Democratic Congress. I, the, the, the Republican, the freshman Congress people from New York have collectively made it, made it clear that they want Santos the hell out of there. Now, understanding that you get rid of him and you bring in his opponent. Essentially, you invalidate his election, or perhaps, I don't know, is there a special election? My understanding is that his, um, his uh, if the governor is the one that would have to appoint the, uh, the empty seat, and that is the standard way this would happen, uh, that would wind up being uh, Kathy Hochul appointing uh, the Democrat who ran against Santos. Uh, who knows who Santos was? Who, who still gets who this guy is other than someone who, if he were forced to go back to Brazil, would also probably be arrested because there is an outstanding charge of check forgery on him over there. The guy is non-existent. He is nothing but a, f a fake set of, of uh, stories, and more of them come out every day. And if that were the only problem that uh, Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans face uh, in the Congress, that would be great, except <laughs> that you have the likes of a Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and a Bab and a Bobichin and, uh, and, and Matt Gates uh, essentially uh, now having fun with screaming for reduced costs. Uh, uh, now we have, a, uh, we have a roadblock. We're not going to raise the debt limit, the debt limits ceiling to pay for things that the government has already purchased. We are gonna we're gonna yell and scream about lowering the cost of this and cutting down the budget, and we're gonna fundraise on it, and we're gonna have fun, and we're gonna have a ball, and nothing's gonna get done. And this is exactly where it's going. It is it is dysfunction on steroids. This is precisely what everybody was worried about, but totally aware uh, or, or expected. Worried but expected. And it's, it's a combination of a curse and a blessing. It's a curse on the country. It is perhaps a necessary transition to get us to 2024 so that the Republicans can, can thoroughly convince the country that their, uh, their being the lead organization in the Congress of the United States is a horrific problem. Having any control in the hands of Republicans is just the worst possible thing you could possibly want to do. And of course, if Donald runs, and Donald apparently is, and Donald is already out there now trying to find ways to start mashing up uh, Ron DeSantis, that's the story out there today. So you'll be hearing the ugly news about that before you know it. And, you know, 
and and all of that sort of thing will simply keep playing through and the american people uh, those who have some sense that that good government and functional government is an important thing for this country to maintain they will be more and more offended by this crap well, as if that wouldn't be enough, and, and, and by the way, that, that, that means all for all of that, the, the, the approval rating for the Congress, I don't think it's gotten down to single digits yet, but it's somewhere in the teens, okay? And, and, it's, and it's, by all indications, it will probably hit, I don't know how much lower it can possibly go. But the, the, basic, the basic understanding is that no one really believes or believes in the ability of this Congress to do anything but be political. And that's an awful thing, because in linkage with the Senate, that is the legislating function of the country. And what it does is it drives everything back into the hands, into the lap of a, of a more powerful chief executive. It forces the president, whoever that president is, or enables that president to basically begin ruling more and more by decree because, or, or finding areas where that can be done, knowing that there'll be a challenge from one side or another on this, because that's the only way anything can get done. And, and we're seeing a, a, a partial version of that already. Janice Yellen, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, chief, the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, basically uh, has uh, gone ahead and exercised what are known as extraordinary powers to keep the country from actually defaulting, from, from basically, for the first time in its history, uh, defaulting on the debts that it has already run up because the Republicans, the Republicans, don't want to pay the bill because it makes for good politics for them. It, it keeps the base, the red meat base, happy. They, they don't really understand that much of what the Republicans are trying to not pay for would be things that would hurt them in the, in the long run. It is purely culture war bullshit, and yet it goes on, and it will go on, apparently, for some time. And, and it's just going to be a question of of toleration. How long can the American people put up with this crap? The Republicans will give every possible reason why they should not be in power uh, as of 2024. I have no doubt about this. Nor, unfortunately, do I have any doubt about the veracity or the credibility of the Supreme Court of the United States. And I, unfortunately, I, 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 I don't have any doubt, and I mean that in the negative. And, and, and that's something I've been edging towards this for, for a while now, uh, certainly since the Dobbs decision, you know, uh, back in June, when it, after it was, le it was leaked in May, it shows up officially in June. Uh, 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 I guess Roberts or, uh, at the time said, well, absolutely, uh, uh, it, it's nothing is definite just yet. We're still working on it. Not a, whatever was leaked to Politico was not a final draft of what was there. And what came out in June was a verbatim 
final draft, maybe, I don't know, comma here, a, a, you know, a, a punctuation mark, a capitalization, who the hell knows? And some of the worst, horrible legal reasoning I've ever heard in the world, all authored by Sam Alito, who was the lead justice on the case. Of course, all uh, concurring uh, Thomas and the three newbies that came in, two of those three newbies having lied during their congressional hearings, saying that they would never change stare decisis and would not touch Roe v. Wade, and lied outright to the Senate, and that would be grounds for impeachment. Well, you know all that, but you know, it, it, none of that seems to be happening. There's too much other craziness. But everything being done in a way that just recasts the Supreme Court for precisely what it's become, a political institution. And as of yesterday, uh, a, a, uh, there was a poll, and there have been several, but, but I think the number, the, the approval rating of the court... Those people who see it doing a very good or a good job somewhere around there is down to 25%. 25%. This is the lowest rating uh, since they've been keeping records of the court. And, and when you drill down into some of the numbers, this, was, this I found interesting, that the disapproval is based more on the... The, the nature of the legal decisions than just looking at the composition of the court itself. Okay, that, that, that the sense is that the court is going out of its way to basically push, uh, push conservative views through. And yes, it's, yes, it's defied its own nature by taking a 50-year decision in Roe uh, based in stare decisis saying that you, you don't change these things unless there's a compelling reason. Having reaffirmed Roe how many times, I don't even know, over the course of years with other Supreme Court cases, and yet in the end with some of the worst legal reasoning I've ever read in my life. Is certainly in light of stare decisis, Sam Alito, on, as the lead justice on the case, says, no, it, it was badly argued in the first place. We can't, we can't trust ourselves. We can't trust the court. We can't trust its historical precedents. We can't trust anything but our political instincts and who basically is pushing the buttons and, and uh, granting us uh, whatever it is we're getting for driving this court in the opposite direction of the American people. We know that somewhere around two-thirds or somewhere between two-thirds and 70% of the American people wanted and still want Roe v. Wade or something like Roe v. Wade to be in place. We know that red states are basically in all sorts of levels of, of, uh, of total denial or partial ban and everything else, that blue states have become havens. We are turning this country once again, finding yet another basis for division. And the court, in the most ridiculous, unwise, stupid uh, move I've ever seen in my life, basically, has, has encouraged this. We did, we finally done what you wanted us to do. We, we, we got it turned off. We're good boys, aren't we? I, I, I can only imagine how much additional money 
uh, must be flowing in to the um, Supreme Court Historical Society. You ever, you ever hear of that? Supreme Court Historical Society. There, there's this organization, uh, Supreme Court Historical Society, that supposedly is set up to, um, uh, to preserve the historical legacy of the court. There's some very nice, you know, 501c3 language that's thrown out there, and it basically is supposed to educate the public about the court, et cetera, et cetera. They throw big events every so often. Uh, these are several thousand dollars a dinner type events. And uh, for years, I, I guess it's been around for, I don't know, 20 years or so, this organization, maybe more. But, but for years, no one has really gotten a handle on what they're all about, what, what this organization does. It winds up, the New York Times did a study on this, and they were able to get records from the last two years. Now, in the last two years, they determined that there had been uh, something like $23 million had found its way into the coffers of this society. What the society has done, I don't know, put out an occasional paper or something to justify its existence. But they were also able to track down the people involved in giving that money, at least, at least about half of it, about $10 million or so of that money. And it winds up, not surprisingly, that most of the money is coming from organizations that are before the court, or attorneys who regularly practice before the court. This is a money funding, a money funneling process, and it gives these people direct social contact, contact with the justices. Now, th that is a horrific idea, a horrible notion. But that's exactly what the Supreme Court Historical Society does. Now, if a justice were to be someone, if, if a justice realized that someone was trying to unduly influence them in their decision or in their way of handling a particular case, especially if that person uh, had the case before the court, Chevron is a, is a great example of this, well, any ethical justice would either A, turn their back, walk away, say you shouldn't be here, or B, recuse themselves from the case saying that I have been approached, money was offered to me, uh, some kind, I, I have socialized with, the, with one side or another in a case in which I am supposed to be absolutely 100% neutral. We would expect that. I mean, we, we would hope to have that at several levels of our judicial system, but we would absolutely expect it at the Supreme Court level. But you see, we, we, we don't get it. We can't get it. Because there is no enforceable code of ethics that the Supreme Court lives by or must live by or, or must essentially uh, conform to, it's just not there. It doesn't exist on paper. And no one seems to figure out, no one seems to be able to figure out exactly how such a code of ethics would actually be implemented. I mean, we know that by the Constitution, the courts are set up by an article of the, con I guess it's Article 2 of the Constitution, sets up the courts, and there is a certain amount of control that 
I guess, Congress had in creating the courts. But in so far as going back and saying, okay, we're going to... Um, we're, we're going to basically enforce a code of ethics that all members of the bench will have to adhere to. No one seems to have any idea how that might happen. And, and the result of that is that the, 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 the justices of the court, these, these nine justices, can do whatever the hell they damn well please without any legal or ethical mandate constraining or restraining or stopping them or reversing them or taking them off a case. They can declare themselves on or off a case. There is removal. Forget about that. Good luck. How the hell do you remove a Supreme Court justice? There is an impeachment process. Good luck trying to get that going. There is, the court basically has locked itself away from review any for, from substantive review of any kind and the public is beginning to get the smell and flavor of all this now now it gets even more interesting back in may when the uh, when the dobbs decision was leaked uh, sam alito who was the author of it well, two things happened simultaneously. First, uh, Chief Justice Roberts uh, was absolutely apoplectic and, and insane about, my God, how could this happen? The court, blah, 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 blah. How could we imagine this? This is, a, this is a violation of everything, blah, blah, blah. And it's only, a, it's, well, it's only if, if anything, it's looking for every possible way to soft pedal the reality of what an ugly thing had just happened. And uh, it, it winds up that, as I said before, next the following month in June, June of 2022, when the actual uh, decision was released, it was identical to the one that had been leaked to Politico. Uh, beyond that, Sam Alito, the, the main author of the decision, the chief, the, 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 the first the first signature on the decision, of course, joined by the other uh, four uselesses. Uh, basically uh, said at the time that the leak he felt would result in, uh, it, it, it put the lives of conservative justices at risk. That, that's, that's what he said the early leaking of this thing did, which, of course, is a great thing to say with, with no basis but, but basically, this is what he claimed. Now, a report came out yesterday, and this report was the direct result of a study that was commissioned by Chief Justice Roberts into what caused the leak. And at the head of the study was Gail Curley. Now, Gail Curley is not a name that you would know, or should, I guess, but she is what is known as the marshal of the court, the marshal of the U.S. Supreme Court, of the physical building. She has the responsibility for the security of the building and the people in it. She's basically, uh, I, I think she's an army vet or something like that. She, you know, that's kind of where she, she and, and most significantly, 
She is an employee of the Supreme Court. So, so the justices, I assume, or whoever the administrative group working on behalf of the justices, they have higher and fire power over her. She is subject to review by, hiring by, fireable by the Supreme Court. Well, the report comes out yesterday and says, and this is the report that, that Gail put out, it was pretty short, about 20 pages, and it says, in, in essence, we can't figure out where the leak came from. We interviewed all of these clerks, we interviewed these people, we talked to them, we collected cell phones, we, we made people swear, blah, 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 but in the end, we just can't figure out where the leak came from, says Gail, Gail, Gail Curley in her report. Gail, who is an employee of the U.S. Supreme Court. Gail, who is not in any way, shape, or form independent of that institution. No way in hell. Gail Curley basically puts it out there that nothing can be found. And Sam Alito still has it out there that he basically was in fear of his life once the leak came out, as would be all other conservative justices. We don't know if the justices themselves were questioned. We don't know if their wives were questioned. We don't know, we don't know squat about this report. We do know that that Chief Justice Roberts wants this whole thing to go away. We do know the court has a 25% approval rating. We do know that its credibility is in the crapper. We do know that 25%, only 75% of Americans do not hold this court in anything like high esteem. I do know that I have, I loathe the way this court is operating right now. I loathe the fact that basically stare decisis has been kicked in the teeth. And I also realize that this is one of the three co-equal branches of government and it is more broken than the, than the legislator, legislature is right now, than, than the legislating branches, the House and Senate. Far more broken because there are no means to repair it except for internally approved and generated means, and you know damn well those would be limited to political considerations of the time. Alito wants everyone to believe that conservative justices would be under threat. If you wanted to, if you believe that, you'd have the FBI investigating. If you really wanted to find out who the hell did this leak, you let the FBI or a private high-end investigating group, totally independent from the court, get out there, and you'll have your answer in no time. Believe me, uh, this sort of thing you, you, you got a, a relatively small institution here. You can figure out who the hell knew what damn quickly. People talk. You can get this information. I am convinced, I am convinced that, that Roberts and the court does, well, maybe at least Roberts and maybe a few others. I'm not sure if it's everyone on the court because there's so much division apparently. But Roberts does not want the source of this leak out there. And we don't know, therefore, what was gained by this. Who might have gotten political favors? Who might have been able to campaign on this? Why would anyone want to put this out there early? 
Why would Alito basically go out and start saying we're under risk, under threat? What the hell is going on? It stinks. It smells of political favoritism. It smells of politics all over the place. And this is what the court has been reduced to. There's been more of this, the Hobby, the Hobby Lobby case and everything. There was information that was leaked there also to the conservative sources. This is garbage. And if Alito thinks that by simply covering this up, people will not notice it and it'll go away, he is nuts. You do not Re reinvigorate a, an institution, one-third of the government, that has a 25% popularity rating by basically circling the wagons. You can't do that. It's only going to get worse. And if you want to have any hope of doing the things, Justice Roberts, that you said you wanted to do, to, to, to renovate the court, to get, bring back faith in the court. That's what you were saying during your hearing. By God, you must institute a code of ethics, and you must basically open the court up to scrutiny, not shut it down even more, which is what you're doing at this moment. Do I make myself clear, Justice Roberts? I, I don't know. I mean, you're not listening to me, you are, here at Center Left Radio. And, and by the way, you'll be listening to David Bach in just a moment. But please, think about this. One of the three co-equal branches of government is basically in the crapper right now, together with at least the, the House of Representatives. And we've got to get it out of there, or encourage it to decrapify itself. Let's see. But in the interim, it's, it is Friday, and uh, it would be nice to listen to a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. If you're listening to us on Friday or listening to the Friday show, there's another reason why you're listening. It's in order to uh, hear what I'm about to say. It's a very important phrase and one that invariably leads to some pretty good thoughts and some damn good discussion, uh, to wit... David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, there's, there's a good amount of stuff. But first, if you want to follow me, remember my, uh, my Twitter has changed. It is now uh, at uh, Pressure Ideas New uh, instead of Faces Ideas uh, because I was uh, suspended. Now I had to make new account. Wait, but, wait, uh, say, wait say, say that new name again, David. What was it again? Fre- at Pressure Ideas New. Fresher Ideas New. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay, fresher ideas new. The, the logo is the same as the other one. It, it's I'm not I'm not even attempting to to hide if it's a new account. Um, anyway, uh, so there's a couple of big stories. Uh, very quickly, I want to talk about George Santos, which is maybe his name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Well, so the two new stories are the drag queen one and the dog one. Now. It's very likely that I was thinking about this last night that he's going to go similar to the way of Steve King, that they're just going to remove him from his committees and he's just going to float off into the ether and then lose his reelection. I do not expect him to be removed from Congress, 
And the reason I don't is because at the very least they need his vote. So well, yeah, because making, if he if he removed Kathy Hochul, I believe the rule is Kathy Hochul could appoint a replacement. At least at this point, I don't know that they'd need a special election. Do you? Know anything? I'm, I'm not I sure about that. There would be a special. Election. There would be a special. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah. I, I think I think there would be a temporary replacement until a special. Yeah. Special would be in like June or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, Kathy Hochul has her own problems. Yeah. Um, she seems bound and determined to kind of do what McCarthy did and just keep banging away till she gets all the radical Republicans to help her put her her Republican uh, Supreme Court justice pick in uh, which got pretty soundly defeated last time yeah that was that was uh, that was interesting I was I was surprised by that her nominee basically got uh, her, her party basically uh, deep six to you know her, her nominee yeah I mean they told her that from the beginning. Like when she picked this guy, they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to support this guy. You need to find somebody else." And she's just like, "Nah." She's like the reverse Gretchen Whitmer, where she has all the power, or like she has a the power in the state, and just can't like is it's just getting killed with it. Like it's it's crazy. Uh, well, d- does it seem re- does it seem likely that she is going to back away at some point on this and come up with a reasonable nominee that can be supported by the Democrats? I don't think she has much of a choice. I mean, if she wants to keep right. pounding I don't away, think she has a choice either. Yeah, but it doesn't appear that right now. So we're talking about an ego trip that she's on. We're talking about. Uh, I have no idea what it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but that's not uh, really the point. So the George Santos thing, I think the most likely thing is he ends up off his committees. But uh, um, the 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 funny thing is, this is going to be very similar to the Madison Cawthorn thing. Yeah, I think it's not that he's a bad person and has lied about a whole bunch of things, and that some of them are like true. It's going to be the drag thing. It's it's going to be this, oh, we can't allow gay people or drag people to to party. So that's why you have to go. So in other words, it, 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 it would be doing the right thing for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Madison Cawthorn wasn't primaried because he was a, a Hitler-loving uh, lunatic. Yeah. He was primaried because he might have been gay. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's where I think it was. But to be fair, like, this dog, it is, un- like, unbelievably cruel on so many levels. <laughs> like, like, just that should get him arrested. Uh, it is, it is, uh, first off, it's a failure on our system, then it's a failure on him as a person. That it happened. Um, so there's that. And very quickly, speaking of committees, the oversight committee. Oh boy, what a time to be oversight. They uh. put Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lord Bobert, and Paul Gosar, who won twice. I don't understand how Paul Gosar has won twice when his entire family has come out and said, This guy's insane. Yeah. And he spoke at the Nick Fuentes conference first. He he knew the thing. He 
knew who Dick Fuentes was, and he went to Dick Fuentes' conference and spoke at it. And then a year later, Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke at the Dick Fuentes concert. And then Donald Trump invited him to the White House, or Mar-a-Lago. Um, so it's not like they don't know who this person is. Yeah. But the the more, the bigger issue is, besides the normalizing of Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is still remains an abject lunatic, um, <laughs> yeah. is she is herself a threat to security. She is too insane to sit on this board and rationally understand oversight for law enforcement. She believes among among things that and this is the this is the wildest thing about the Santos story is when Marjorie Taylor Greene got national spotlight about how crazy she is, it all came out at once. Like with the uh the QAnon, the Jewish space lasers, the Dave Tog stuff, the um the walking through the Capitol harassing AOC stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like all of it and then the only reason the headline stuff was just dumb stuff she did after. George Santos has had a new scandal every single day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drip, drip, drip of insanity, basically. I mean, the thing, the thing with the oversight committee, if these people are following through with their standard uh, rhetoric, if they follow what they've said all along then they see their purpose in being on the oversight committee to basically destroy the oversight committee. I mean, they, 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 they are, by their own statements, diametrically opposed to what the oversight committee is supposed to do correctly. They want to destroy uh, the, 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 the different agencies that basically are within the oversight. So they would use the oversight committee for the exact opposite reason that the oversight committee is supposed to be there. If I'm... If, Unless I'm missing something. And also these people are under investigation. Scott Perry's under investigation by the, by the government for something tied into January 6th. Yeah. But Marjorie Taylor and Lord Robert should be because they clearly... Like, first off, like, I, I don't think this gets talked about enough, but she was on stage and said, imagine if, Je- if Steve Bannon and I did January 6th, who would have won? Like, could you imagine if... Oh, like 9 11 or something, uh, or about January 6th. Oh, and this brings my other one. This story is not getting enough airtime because if it was reversed, it absolutely would. Of course, of course. Story. Of course. Yeah. Let, let me paint the picture for you. There's a Democrat, there's a Democrat, uh, candidate who served some time in jail. They got out, they're allowed to run as a, as a, um, as a congressperson, they lose handily. They pretend the election is still multiple Republican uh, uh, operatives. That story is the leading story for the next seven million years. Yeah. It is no, no joke. There is a reason that anytime they talk about political is the Steve Scalise shooting. Because that's essentially the only one there is. Right. D- David, David, you're, you're break- David, you're breaking up a little bit. Could you kind of adjust your uh, your 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 location <laughs> or your feed there? I'd appreciate it. Uh, are we good here? Better. Let me keep going. Let me hear you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the, better. Yeah. Like this story is a direct result of people like Donald Trump 
It's a direct result of people like Jenna Ellis. It's a direct result of people like Bart Taylor Green. It's a direct result of people like Charlie Kirk. It's people who believe that the election is stolen or don't believe it, but but uh, but pushed it for fundraising, for clout, for whatever. Yeah. In order to... This is what stochastic terrorism is. You have crazy people in every country. When you push them by saying things like, oh, you're going to the election is stolen, uh, you know, you don't have free elections, they're coming for your toasters or whatever the new thing is, eventually some of them snap. And the problem in America is everybody can get armed. Like there's toddlers running around arms. There's a three-year-old in, uh, I want to say it's Idaho that just shot another kid the back because their grandfather gave them a gun. Yeah. Uh, like, this is what happened. Well, that's the leading headline. And the, the leading point to, oh, yeah, this is, the, this is the outcome of the current existence of the Republican Party, that they are okay and expect political violence if they do not win, is... It is should be on should be more talked about. Let's, look, let's be clear. If they lost the house, there's no doubt in my mind they would have gone apeshit about this election being stolen. Yeah, just, of course, absolutely. Uh, it's just this needs to be used as an example. And I want to talk very quickly on the last. So the okay. debt ceiling. Um, we hit that yesterday. Yep. Um, so I think it's, it's not going to take back to the Jew. But it's very important to remind people of something. The reason that they want to cut Social Security, Social Security has nothing to do with the debt. Right. The reason they cut, they talk about Social Security is they're worried about the insolvency of, of the fund. The Social Security fund will not become... I think is the year. What will happen is it will only be able to pay out 75% of its normal payments. The way to do that is not to fiddle with the, the benefits of Social Security, make them less, try to find fraud that's essentially non-existent. It is to just raise the cap on what people have to pay into to, uh, Social Security. That'd be it's simple. To, yeah. Yeah. And then, when you're done with that, raise the debt limit, which is what the Democrats should have done, because this is the dumbest system in the world. It's incredibly stupid. But to be clear what the debt ceiling is, it is to pay for the bills that Congress authorized. So, that's, that's what we passed up. The bills, we, we pass things, you have to pay for it. And it's also worth mentioning the reason that the Republicans do not care about the deficit or try to pull this shit, Republican president charges, because this is going to have a lot of economic impact on people. And it's going to be very clear which set of dipshits caused it. Now, to be fair, do I agree with cutting the military budget? Absolutely. I think just right off the top, they can't find, can't account for $200 billion. That can just go. Um, do, but like, it depends on what are we cutting because they're like, yeah, we're going to cut all the woke stuff. Well, you, um, you, you believe woke is 
either acceptance of gay people or black people. It has the, it, 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 it's the most it's the most more. peripheral stupid thing you can possibly do. It is it is just basically looking for to, to politicize everything there, and it really shows that you don't really give a damn about the military per se. You just basically have another culture issue, and you're just using the military. Oh, great, we can find one in the military. Great, we'll play with that. And and half of America doesn't understand what what woke means or how it's applied, and it's and it's. It's a load of crap, and it's like what you were saying a moment ago, David. The, the, the Republicans are brilliant at taking a story and pushing it to death forever for the next 100 billion years, and it doesn't matter that people understand it or not. All they have to know is that they're having a reaction, and they get, a, or in, in, in the case of uh, the red meat types, they're having a negative reaction to the word woke, uh, not really understanding how it works out in the real world and, and how all those things go. Just basically something to yell and scream about. And the Democrats don't do it particularly well. I agree with you on that. One idea of how, uh, like, because this doesn't work without multiple mouthpieces. This is a Crowder who's David, you're, David, you're breaking up again. Just, you're breaking up again, Dave. If oh, I, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah. Uh, Are we better here? I'm, you're getting okay. a lot of clipping in the back end. Uh, keep going. Yeah, I think you're okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Steven Crowder, who's basically his show is just him saying racist stuff all the time or transphobic stuff. Yeah. Uh, is, is apparently a free agent, so that the Daily Wire offered him a contract. The contract that he turned around and he called the dentured servitude was starting point $50 million over four years. And he basically had to work 194 days a year at producing the one-and-a-half-hour show every uh, four times a week. Like, that's what he was doing. And that was too much. Like, yeah. the idea is that they had, just have this endless pool of money to do agitprop is pool of money. Their ideas aren't popular. Their ideas aren't intelligent. The things that they have issues with aren't real most of the time. Um, it's just it's just insane. And it's harder for people on the left to do it because by by the existence of ideas, we're able, we're, we're um, again, existence of the wealthy. And therefore, they're less likely to fund massive organizations similar to like the Daily Wire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it gets curiouser and curiouser. We're, we're, we're having more and more fun. I, and we're only about a week and a half into the new Congress. Uh, we have the Supreme Court that refuses to police itself and its own ethics, that refuses to basically figure out where a leak came it from that, that anyone on earth could probably figure out in five minutes, you know. It was, it was illegal. That's why they didn't do it. It was definitely illegal. I, I, I believe it had to be. Well, and, and of course, and, and, and the giveaway to me was the fact that the next thing he did was jump up and down and say, this leak basically is going to result in death threats against all conservative justices. That's about the most offensive statement you can make. And of course, who do they hire to go ahead and, and, and investigate it? An internal source that could be hired and fired uh, by them directly. If they were serious about it, they would have gone to the, to the, to the, uh, to the FBI. They would have had the Alito claim of death threats uh, all investigated. It's a load of crap. It's on and on and on. But look, we're, <laughs> it's early. 
it's early. We're going to have two more years of this one way or the other. Uh, and uh, then we are going to basically roll our way up to a presidential election in 2024. As the Carpenters once sang, we've only just begun. Uh, but unfortunately, we are going to end this segment of today's show. And David, I thank you so much uh, for being part of it. Could you remind people where they can hear you again right now? Uh, at Twitter, at Faces Ideas, uh, Faces Ideas New, and then sometimes on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ideas. Okay, uh, I appreciate it, and um, I appreciate uh, you being with us today, all of our listeners. Uh, just because... Just because we like you and you're really good people, uh, we're going to end this segment oh, the way we always end it, with a little more jazz. listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. The problem that Chief Justice Roberts has is not whether or not people will look at his court and say it's a nice place. No, no matter what happens going forward, the court must impose a series of ethics and ethical behaviors on itself. Otherwise, it will cease to be functional. That will mean that we will be down to simply an executive because the legislature ain't working. We can't work like that.